Hello and welcome to uh, what's the show called? I forget. It hasn't been that long. It's been pretty long. Digital, digital, get down. Your favorite host, Bennett and Heather. Back. It's only been a couple weeks. The dream team. Sure. <laughs> the literate. What do we call ourselves? The power couple. The literary yes. power couple. Want to be. Um. So what's going on? Well, I guess we'll do a podcast next weekend. Now that we don't have plans. That's true. We have good news, bad news in the baseball realm. We're going to do a fantasy baseball hour right off the top here. <sighs> One of these days we are going to do a baseball episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our Boston Red Sox have made it to the World Series, which would be the good news. Bad news is mm. that the fucking Brewers couldn't get it done to bring it to the Midwest so we could drive there and go watch a game for cheap. Yeah. The National League is quite, you, pa- quite pathetic. I mean, most people shit on the National League because of pitchers hitting... Like, that was the only part that kept me invested that in the... That was the least worst part. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Yes. Well said. The whole English language, least worst is what I Oh my god, about, yeah. so much bullshit about, oh, wow, look at how they're managing that bull, but no, it fucking did not work. And just, like, swapping players around at all times, and this whole thing that's not just the NL, mm-hmm. of, like, throw out whatever type of pitcher you are, you're pitching this inning, go! I'm over it. Yeah. I'm over it. What, bring us back to the good old days where Pedro would go eight strong innings. Yes, it's like, ooh, second inning, they're struggling a little bit, should they bring in a middle reliever? It's like, fuck no, what's the point of a starting pitcher if they can't go five innings, six innings, seven innings? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Sabermetrics. Be thank you for that. Be better. Um. So yeah, I guess we're straight into good news and bad news then. All right, so do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do we want to do good news, bad news? Um, What's your mood? What are you feeling? I'll I'll go. I'll make it about me. We have to keep this episode like an hour flat. It's a school night. We're cruising right now. It's a school night. We're cruising. Um, I feel like I'm becoming a commercial connoisseur. Like I'm I'm running low on, on talents that I have, but I think I'm pretty good commercial critic is that because we're too cheap to pay for the commercial lists uh hulu and netflix and whatever yes i think that's a fair statement yeah um so the winner for me we don't me, even have dvr we can't even fast forward yeah and with TV. the baseball games it's painful because they're all they these uh championship series were on two networks and mm-hmm. they would repeat commercials every single yep. inning and it's all commercials for men with uh Erectile dysfunction and car commercials. Yeah. And well, so the winner for me is Progressive Insurance. Yes. With flow, and specifically the one where they parody. A bigger room. <laughs> parody. Mom, what are you doing here? They take all the shitty Chevy ads, which were so over, and mash them up into one beautiful thing with a mom hanging from a rope at Just the end. Just inexplicably. Just no <laughs> what reason. What is she doing here? So they're the winners for me. Uh, the losers, I may have dreamed this one because I can't remember exactly what happens. Okay. But it starts off you as, my line. as a cold medicine commercial, but it, it is a K-cup commercial. Huh? They're telling you to buy their special K-cups with cold narcotics in them. You definitely dreamed that. No, it's like a NyQuil ad that you put in your K-cup and you drink it in your coffee. I mean, this is America, but still, you definitely dreamed that. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. K-cup... Cold medicine. There should just be a whole segment called... Uh, yeah. No, it's Heather a third and... Google search, so I'm not making Heather it up. Theraflu power pods with severe cold medicine in them. Just spice the up your, your coffee with some creamer and cold flu, and flu medicine. And NyQuil. Yeah. That's America's fucked up. Yet you can't uh, buy fucking Sudafed over the counter. No. Wow. <sighs> um... 
have a quick technology update okay. for you. Uh, it's bad news, I'd say, classified pretty clearly. Okay. I mentioned the Palm brand was going to come back. Like Palm Pilots? Yeah, which comprised a large portion of my youth. We've discussed it. It doesn't need to be brought up again, I don't think. Beaming is the word. Um, and so Palm has announced... It's, it's just Palm? That's well, terrible. Well, it's, it's very confusing. Uh, whoever owns it just bought the name. Like, there's no connection to the old company. But anyways, they've announced their new device... And it is a phone for your phone. Excuse me? You're going to hate this because you hate smartwatches. This Excuse is me? a smartwatch except it's a phone. So it's a fucking phone. But it's, it's a, a phone extension for your phone. Correct. It's linked to your same phone number. Is it's it supposed meant to, to replace be... landlines? No, no, no. It's supposed to be your going out phone. Your Friday and Saturday night phone is how Are it's advertised. Are you fucking serious? I'm serious. Is it like so you don't have to bring your whole phone and lose your iPhone in a bar so you can lose your Palm Pilot Just phone instead? Because you're, you're supposed to be living in the moment only on Friday and Saturday nights. So those are the times when you don't need all the apps. You only need a small portion of the apps. You don't need all the screen space. You just need a small portion of it. That brings up my least favorite commercial. Mm. Tell the people what it is. It's related to smartwatches. Um, the new smartwatch commercial. Tell the people. When it tells you, tells the man to stand up. Oh, that one. Oh, which one are you complaining that about? That one. Yeah. Because fuck you, watch. You don't even have legs. Don't fucking tell me what to do. <laughs> What other one do you hate? The one where she goes off on this wilderness retreat and her smartwatch is pinging her the whole time. Yeah, that one's pretty, Are you fucking kidding pretty me? tone deaf. She's like, look at this beautiful place I'm in. And it's like, so-and-so texted Emma, you. Emma, shut the fuck up. I'm yeah. outside. Um, so yeah, that, like, everyone is just totally tearing apart this phone idea. That sounds like an SNL sketch. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Like, I just want the Derek Zoolander phone where it's just, it only has, like, four <laughs> little, yeah, four little screen spots, spots, and that's it. Yeah. Like the phones you get for your grandma who does not have push buttons. Exactly. Or, like, your child. Um, best news of all of the week, though, is whatever got me to click on that link and rediscover that Lin-Manuel Miranda was on House and yes. that I knew Lin-Manuel Miranda before you. Sure, babe. That just, like, made my year. And you also hated him, and you feel justified for him being annoying. He was, an yeah, he was annoying on the show, but he was, like, a lovable, annoying guy. Yeah. Which pretty much lines up with how I feel about him now. Okay. So, yeah, that was just awesome. Am I allowed to talk now, or? Um, yeah, I guess you can go. Don't we do good news or bad news? Uh, bad news first. Okay. Um, a couple of these are a couple of weeks old. That's fine. Um, I'll go through the most recent one first. The trans argument, as if someone's existence is, like, something that's okay to be debating at mm -hmm. this point. Uh, did you see the popular author who foolishly got involved? Uh, no. Philip Pullman? Ooh. Tweeted. I didn't even know he had a Twitter. He tweets? Why does he have a Twitter? Philip Pullman is, like, such a mystery to me. Like, you could tell me that he was, like, 96 or that he was, like, 50 and I would believe you. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but he has a Twitter. Somewhere okay. in between 96 and 50. Has a Twitter. And he wrote, uh, I'm very confused by the trans argument. Could somebody just tell me where to where I should stand on this? Oh, that's like something like you ask like your brother and sister like behind yes. closed doors. And some of the nicer responses were being like, watch your tone, man. Mm. Like, first Old of all, man. do the education yourself and don't ask someone to just tell you the issue. Mm. And second of all, even the way that you phrase this is not okay. Like, this is not something that you just put on the internet. I mean, 
Philip Pullman's books like imagine like a lot of strange universes where people are fused with animals and the concept yes. of transgender baffles him. Yes. And that's hmm. what people point out. They're like, there's some people that are really disappointed. They're like, I thought the whole time demons were like about your um, gender identity because right. it's like you have the opposite demon of your uh, expressed gender. But it said there's some that have same sex gender sure. demons and stuff. So there's some so fluidity yeah, he in just, there. Yeah. I, I want to think that it came from a good place where he was just like honestly wanted to be educated, but the way he went about it, very toned up. It's kind of like when old people write emails and you can't figure out. I was going to say maybe he thought the not. Twitter screen was an email. I don't think so. I think mm. he just doesn't realize tone, and he was honestly looking for someone to to give him information, but just went about it very poorly. Okay. But it should never be an argument whether or not someone is allowed to exist as their true self. So stop calling it the trans argument. And once again, that's just one of those things that like climate change, like they make it an argument of whether or not it exists instead of arguing like, what can we do to protect the environment? It's the same thing. It's like, instead of arguing like, what do we do to protect trans people? The argument is like, well, should trans people be allowed to exist? It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Sure. How do you even shift They're that twisting debate? twisting it around and then taking five steps backwards yes. at the same time. Um, two other quick ones that I don't have a lot of information about because they were a couple weeks ago, but mm -hmm. only eight states in the U.S. require consent as part of sex ed. Like... Having that broached as a topic? Yes, the consent mm. being like a curriculum topic in sex ed. Yeah, this seems like it would be important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just why do we think we have so many problems? Before in this the con, you don't have to worry about condoms if you don't have consent. There you go. Mm. So it shouldn't be about birth control message. It should be do does the other person want to have sex with you? Step yep. one. But yep. That's um, like the uh, that's the decision tree right there. Mm -hmm. uh. And then. Um, I saw some other scary stuff about U.S. with visas and uh, citizenship stuff that U.S. is ending visas for gay diplomat partners. Okay. So if you're a diplomat, you can't get a partner visa if it's a same-sex partner anymore. Huh. So just another scary thing that the U.S. is starting to do kind of quietly of limiting who they allow in the country and who they allow to be citizens. Yeah. Okay. You promised you had some good news? Yes. Um... Matt Nathanson's album. It's out. It's just a good, it's a good album. We listened to his pot a very long podcast with him on it. Mm -hmm. That was pretty good. And his album is very short. It's short but sweet. I like all the songs. They're stuck in my head constantly. Yep. There's not one song that I skip over. And I like to listen to it in order, which you know is a that's a rarity for, me, for you yeah. for my music. So yay. Mm -hmm. Um, another music, um, thing. Yeah. Do you know what it is? Uh, if it's from you, is it Taylor Swift? Yes. Okay, well, <laughs> normally our guessing games go on a little bit longer Usually than that. Usually terrible, but this one we talked about it already a Thanks, little bit. Honey. So Taylor Swift finally... Oh, yeah. Gosh, this is old news. I know. Taylor Swift finally uh, puts herself in the political realm. Political I had so many thoughts about this weeks ago. Um, so... She has come out on Instagram, not come out. Uh, she <laughs> As a political a, person. She wrote a very long post on Instagram, basically being like that she was hesitant, hesitating to talk about politics before this, but because of some stuff that's gone down, which reading between the lines is the whole Kavanaugh thing, because it came out like literally the day that Kavanaugh got um, approved confirmed. or whatever, confirmed. Mm -hmm. um, and she was sexually assaulted and went through trial and it was a whole thing. So um, there's some kind of reading between the lines there that it was due to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but she said she's, she's coming, coming out in support of anyone who is in support of, um, gay rights and, um, 
people of color, like Black sure. Lives Matter. She specifically name dropped, I think. And, um, and then she called out some a number specific of other things. Tennessee and Yeah, races, and then she yeah. called out specific um, politicians in Tennessee saying, I'm supporting these people and not these not people. These yeah. um, and now on her Instagram, um, she's been putting in her Instagram stories, people that are tagging her in their voting, early voting. Mm. Her entire Instagram story has just been fans tagging her in early voting, like their selfies and sh- her sharing all those selfies. Apparently. So really pushing for voting. Did you know how big of a thing early voting no. is? I, I Why haven't we from... never lived in one of the states that does it? I don't know. I mean, we've done absentee ballots before. So like how it was explained to me was that like election day is like. Not important because it's two weeks leading up to that you're allowed to vote. So election day is actually only for people who it's were like really, really lazy. Yeah. Do we have early voting in this I state? don't think so. Um, so yeah. I still harbor some resentment because I think T-Swift could have swung a few votes yeah, a I, um, That's like the big debate, I guess, is that why did she wait so long and why did she – it shouldn't have taken some sort of like triggering event for her, for her to care about – like, if this is how she's felt all along, yeah. why was she holding back before? Or, like, were there reasons for her holding back, a.k.a. potentially losing fans or getting backlash? Was that worth... The country music faction. Yeah, was that worth um, the state that our country is in now? And I think it's trivializing it a little bit oh, to definitely. say that she could have swung the whole election or something, but she does have a lot of young, um, probably rural yeah listeners or fans and definitely uh, it looks like right now her push is just to get people to vote which i guess is good but highlighting like if if the, if, if if one person goes to vote just so taylor swift will share their selfie on her instagram like i'm fine with that like if that's what it's gonna take yeah. but yeah there's a lot of people saying like it's a little too little too late yeah i got caught up in a, in a few real weird article in a few stories where i wasn't really even seeking them out but i saw some like vicious headlines about you know Taylor needs to apologize for taking so long, blah, 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 blah. And there were people on the internet calling her out by saying that, like, it was shitty of her to do this because she didn't do it before. And it was, like, not giving her any credit for just doing something. Yeah, and my, like, at this point, like, would I have loved if she did this, like, four, six years ago? Sure. Yeah. But you can't change the past and the fact that she's trying to rectify that going forward and not just like one time an Instagram post like to check it off and say she did it. She mentioned it at the music awards. She's yeah. now doing all these I voted selfies on Instagram and carrying like actually carrying it out, um, walking the walk. So yes, it was just I wish she'd done it before. But... Version of a can't win situation. Because yeah. it was like she keeps her mouth shut because people say, You're a celebrity, no one cares what you think, keep your mouth shut. Okay. Then they say, why aren't you talking out? You have a platform. You need to say something. So she says something. And they say, that's not enough. Or it was too long. And it's just like, everyone's going to be able to find something to bitch about. Yeah. And the internet gives you plenty of space to do that. And it's just a very toxic environment. Like, yes, I would have loved if she did it earlier. But the fact that she's doing it now, she didn't have to do it now either. Nobody put a gun to her head and said, Taylor, come out as a political person. Yeah. Like, she's making the choice to do it. And, like, you don't know what went on in her personal life. She had a lot of shit go down in her personal life the last few years. And... Maybe she just finally reached the point where she's confident enough to to do that and not care if she loses some fans or not care if she gets hate from it. Like, everyone has a personal choice and especially people in the spotlight. There are plenty of people in Hollywood or other musicians or whatever that don't speak out. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I agree with you. It's kind of a lose-lose. Like, I thought the dumbest argument was, well, now she's only speaking out because she she cares about uh, one of the issues. So uh, she should just care about everyone all the time forever. 
And it's like, I understand that you're saying that people should just have intrinsic empathy for other people, sure. But it does take a personal brush with something to galvanize a lot of people. Sure. Like you can't, like not everyone can care about every issue at all times. So if there's something that's personal to you, so you care more about that issue, then that's how being a human being works. Yeah. Like the guy who was writing it was a black guy. Correct. And he was calling her out for not being more active in like, um, protecting people of color and black lives matter and stuff earlier and saying like, Oh, well she only cares about things that are personal to her. It's like, dude, yeah. so do you. Right. I don't see you out there like, so, like at standing rock supporting native lives yeah. or um, out there like for trans bill of rights or whatever. Like maybe you do do that, but like, it's just human nature to care about things that are closer to you and that you've had experiences with. So to call yeah. her out for saying that she's had personal experience and that's what, what motivated her to speak. It's like, fuck you. That's what motivates most people. You wouldn't say, Thank like... Thank you for covering all my emotions on like, this. To someone who, on. like, wants to be a doctor because their dad's out of cancer, you don't say, like, screw you, you should care about pets, too. Why aren't you a veterinarian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, <laughs> if something's close to you and then that's what motivates you, then then so be it. Yeah. Um. There's just a lot of hate and anger out there. <laughs> See how I'm transitioning into... Repre- oh, I thought you were making fun of my repressed anger. Because oh. lately, I've, I feel like every time I've had the chance, I've been real snappy lately about things. Oh, I haven't really noticed. Yesterday, you noticed it. What did you snap We about? were watching, like, the baseball or TV or something, and I was yeah. just had some violent. sassy comments. Um, That was your good news? Okay, yeah, we, we flipped it around a bit. Um, and I also had a Lin-Manuel Miranda good news. Of course. Um, He, he had a lollipop. That was such a cute picture. Um, he took over the Disney Studios Instagram. And first of all, he doesn't know how to use Instagram, really. So that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But he just has chemistry with literally everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just adorable. And him and Emily Blunt on the set of the movie, you don't believe is happening. Yeah, how's that coming along? <laughs> um, they had some cute videos and stuff. But it was just a cute little thing. Okay. He's off in the bright spot in a scary, toxic internet. Good to know. Um, so we're going to do a brief commercial break. Sure. I'm going to hijack it before you even get to talk. Okay. Because election day is coming up. Are we going to do a little PSA here? Oh, no. Oh. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to tell you about a thrilling novel that you (laughs) should read. Can I I leave for this part? And you should invest in. How much is it? Is it $2.99? Oh, God. I don't even know. I think it's Has any sold in the past year? Well, that's why it needs a commercial right now. Uh, The book is called Last Candidate Standing. Look it up on Amazon. Pen name, Heather Lewis. I believe it has five stars, still. (laughs) From the one person? That's fine. It still counts. Um, Two people. It is a gripping story of an election season gone amok, which seems hard to believe that you could even fantasize of something more bizarre than what we've had um, recently. Well, this was, um, to be fair, this was before any of this happened. Yeah. Um, so I think that of all of the things T-Word has done to me, he ruined my book as well. Yeah. Made made it look like it was nothing. Yeah. Um, Nobody wanted to read about fucked up elections anymore because like, we're living it. It's true. But hey, if you're in the mood for that... Check it out. If you're in the mood for, like, politicians getting murdered because they're awful, like, also check it out. But with a sexy, cute protagonist, too, finding love. Sure, there's a love scene. There's a lot of angles to this book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to that. Thanks, babe. Sure. You can also check out the reviews of the book on... 
book digits, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. You can also follow book digits on Instagram where my latest picture is doing pretty well. Got a little bit of a fall theme going on. Um, and that's at book digits on Instagram. You can see all of my book pictures and all of the recent books we've picked up at Twin Cities Book Fest. We didn't even talk about that. Didn't even talk about it. We went to Twin Cities Book Fest. Twin Cities love to read in the winter, apparently. Apparently. Like, we went to this used book fest in the same venue, uh, like, a month, two months ago, maybe. Yeah. And it was, like, there were some people there, but it, it was mostly just, like, used book and secondhand bookstores with, like, a bunch of book selections. This was fucking packed. And there was, mm -hmm. like, some big names. Like, David Leviathan was there. There was, like, proper young adult names there and authors mm -hmm. and there was loads of like local publishing houses and stuff um i saw someone that i had gone to an event for of a local um publishing initiative to uh tell stories of a specific black community here in saint paul the rondo neighborhood that got chopped in half when they built the 94 highway um in like the 70s or 80s mm -hmm. um and there's an initiative to tell uh, stories for a younger audience that focus on like the um that community and they had a booth and i got to talk to the person that's going to be doing like a project with my class on one of these stories so it's cool and i mean we were pretty much swamped the moment we walked in being the local celebrities we are <laughs> your so, mom really wanted us to get to get a booth next year excuse me so yeah we tried to downplay it and kind of you know kept our sunglasses and hats on uh, but yeah, we heard the demands. We'll look into do. We gotta do a live show next year. We've Maybe. never done a live show. We could do a live show there, mm. or we could have a book digits table. Yeah, so many opportunities. So many options. All right, we're talking about. Do you want to go into book now? Books, but I think we should talk about the movie because it started as a book. That's true. Um, so. And that's the segue I was trying to make earlier. Oh, sorry. Hate. hate. Got it. Yeah. Anger is a gift. Hate. Is that's something it. That you give. Yep. Um. So we are talking about The Hate You Give, which we have previously talked about on this podcast as a book. Mm -hmm. And we are now going to talk about the movie adaptation. All right. We are ahead of the game on this one because it only came out like three days ago, but we saw yeah, it a week ago. an advanced screening accidentally. Kind of. Um, we also permanently scarred your parents. Yep. So we were supposed to go to a harvest festival. I'm just going to set the scene here. Yeah. Supposed to go to a harvest festival. Where in fall. Where in people, autumn. In October. Where people... Um, kayak inside of giant pumpkins and they drop a giant pumpkin pinata off a crane and like almost crush people yeah how many deaths per year i don't know but snowed uh, out we were supposed to go to that and then it was snowing like actually snowing hard accumulating a couple inches of snow and your dad October. was freaking out about it the snow yep so we couldn't do that so we decided to go to the movies and the movie that i've been wanting to see the kind of only movie that i wanted to see those out was the hate you give Mm -hmm. And your parents were game. Your mom's a librarian, so she was keen to see it as well. And um, we ruined them forever. We should have given them, like, a talk in the car before. We should have given them a mm. talk. We should have given them some background knowledge or a little bit of some trigger warnings. Yeah. Um, I think I it thought, scarred them in a good way, mostly. I think so. I think it got them woke as much as, like, a they woke a bit. old white couple from New Hampshire can My be. dad has never liked a movie in history, and he used the words, I like that a lot. Um, so I thought your mom had read The Hate You Give, because the no. way she, well, she reads, like, she reads a decent amount of books as a librarian, yeah. and that was a pr quite a popular or famous, well-renowned book last year, and the way she said, oh, I really want to see that, I thought she had already read she the really book. She really wants to see everything. 
I know, but like the way she, re- the specific way she reacted, I thought that she had read the book or because I thought I had talked to her about the book. Maybe I had and she hadn't read it. I don't know. Anyways, I'm rambling more than usual. She and your dad were kind of scarred by the movie, but had a lot to say about it and had a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. Um, so let's just start with that. We, we did not invite them on this after. podcast. They're not going to show up. Don't worry. No. Um, they are not even in this state. So... Do you want to start with your overall thoughts? Or? My overall thoughts are very succinct. Okay, tell me. Cancel your middle school and high school uh, syllabuses. Have the kids read the book and watch the movie. And let society grow from there. Okay. That's my big plan. Okay. I just feel like if you went into this movie, if you were somehow able to go into it without like any preconceived notions like or hadn't read the book didn't really know what it was about or like, if you had been i don't know if you hadn't been like nurtured by by your family in a certain way like if you were just a blank slate and you experienced this movie like there would not be as many major issues in this world if that was the case that's what i've tried to argue with you about my childhood left me a little bit of a blank slate mm-hmm. not that i don't absorb any of the inherent racism and the systemic oppression but like, I didn't have a lot of experiences with people of color growing up, so I never, like, witnessed any negative, or very much negative, um, like, in terms of racist, ra- like, racism, like, outright, singular, yeah. outright racism. Um, but that means I didn't really experience any positive interactions with people of, of other races either. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think if you went into this without, I think... The problem is the people that are going to see this are the people that already support it. It's a little bit of a preaching to the choir situation, sure. unless it's like your parents and we drag them there because of snow. Yeah. Because God literally made us go there. That's kind of what I'm saying snow. is that like you have to force this onto people and you have to do it when they're younger is mm-hmm. what I'm is what i getting at, I guess. Um, I thought they, they were very smart to simplify the plot a little bit. Yeah. Cause I appreciate book... that. The parts that... That got kind of bogged down to for me in the book, especially with the gang storylines. I think I mentioned that on the podcast. Yeah, we you were a little bit confused with the rival gangs. It's very simple in the book. There's a drug dealing movie. gang. Um, it's a book. Huh? It's very simple in the movie. Oh, sorry. It's simple in the movie. There's one drug dealing gang, and the main character, Star, you know, is caught up um, in the aftermath of the murder that she witnessed. Um... And the gang turns against her because the boy who died was a member of the drug dealing gang. And Which in even, her. Mm-hmm. Even that got simplified because in the book, yeah. it was he wasn't really a member of the gang. He just right. did a couple of errands for them to earn some money, but he wasn't, he refused to be a member. But then, like, the media was portraying him as a member, and it was like this gray area there. And they skipped over that too. They were just like, so yeah. what if he was in the gang? The point is that he didn't have any other options and he still didn't deserve to be shot for nothing. Right, so that brings a lot of anger towards Star in a lot of directions because the head of the gang is angry at her for even mentioning snitching. The right, basically being a snitch, and she's getting the hate from her friend, specifically Miss Sabrina Carpenter. Yes, the whitest of white friends. Confusing because her name was Maya on the on the Girl Meets World. The Maya. other friend's name is Maya. Poor Sabrina Carpenter just has to play an absolutely, like, zero redeeming qualities character. Yeah. Just the most basic of the whitest of the... Well, she's just, the... like, the token white character. She's a representative white character. Like, yeah. she represents all narrow-minded, uh, unempathetic white people. Yeah, but 
would it have been too cheesy for her to turn around just a little bit at the end? Just a little bit? When she almost gets stopped, she can't get up from that and be like, that oh, shit. That wasn't the book, was it? No, I don't think so. Um, well, I think at that point, she's already... Like, there's no way she's going to then forgive her after that. It's too late. It's yeah. too late. But I think that's the point from the mom, too. It's like, there was a conversation with the mom that was like, you need to see if what you've gone through with them is worth trying to fix this. Um, but if it's not, like, sometimes you just need to cut people out of your life that aren't getting it or aren't growing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the other friend was more useless because in, in the book, she ha- the other friend is Asian or half Asian. Yeah, and, and like, she had something to say in the book. Here she didn't. Here she was just like the other not so shitty friend. Right. Um, I, my biggest negative about the movie was the boyfriend, Chris. Yeah, you had strong feelings about so this. So I know that he was recast because the original one had some uh, inappropriate um, racial things that were found out about him. The so like he got Chris, caught for previous things he had said? Yes. Mm. Um, so they kicked him off the movie and re- recast him kind of last minute. And I didn't realize until going into the movie that they recast him with Archie from Riverdale. I don't actually know the ar- the um, actor's name, mm-hmm. but I've recently been watching a little bit more of Riverdale. I'm still way behind on it, but recently been trying to catch up on season two, and that's all I see when I see his face is Archie and like that really terrible black hair dye they used on his eyebrows and his hair. Yeah, and this really annoying wrinkle that's in the middle of his forehead on the big screen. I just it, he didn't do it for me, and I I know he's like kind of white sidekick. Yeah. Um, and he's supposed to represent the good white people. Um, but he didn't do it for me in the book. And he really, really didn't do it for me in the movie. Yeah. I, I mean, they had a little bit of chemistry together. Um, like, she had a... Like, she was good at acting against him. That's... You're right about that. Yeah. Like, I don't think he gave much of it. I think she was just very good at being kind of giggly and cute and... Um, flirty around him and yeah. seemed happy around him. Yeah. Um, she was, I know there was some question over her casting because of her fairly light skin. Oh. Um, but I thought she was fantastic. I thought she did a really good acting job. I thought she was very charismatic. She had a really cute smile and these really cute dimples and um, did a good job of of making it not just like a depressing as fuck movie the whole time. Like there was a lot of cute scenes with her and her family and stuff that, and her friends that made it enjoyable to watch and, and lightened it without making it lighthearted, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I came out. Okay. Well, I'll jump around a little bit. So there's this joke on the first season of wrecked, um, where they find a portable DVD player that's washed up on the shore. This (laughs) is the parody of lost. And they only find two DVDs with it, and it only has enough battery to watch one movie. They get to choose between Dumb and Dumberer or Selma. And there's one black person on the island, so all the white people are like, they really, really want to watch Dumb and Dumberer, but they're like, we're going to watch Selma, of yeah. course, because like, they feel like an obligation to it, even though they know there'll be like no intrinsic joy in it. Yeah. And I... Same with like 12 Years a Slave, I guess. That movie's been on my to-watch list yeah, for whatever, eight it. years now. Um, and it's like, you know it's going to be a painful experience. Yeah. This one, I knew it was going to be a painful experience, but like you're saying, there's still enough enough um, positive, happy moments that yes. it sort of blends it well. Yes. And I think the, the dad was another really strong point for me. So good. Who was great in the book and just as great, if not greater, on the film. Like 
really strict and strong and uh, fierce, but in this really loving, protective way. All about way. his family. Yeah. All about his family. I didn't really care for Anthony Mackie. Uh, That's the falconer. Falcon. Oh, I was like, I recognize his face, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really care for him. He is not what I pictured as king. And I guess maybe that's the point, is that maybe I was being stereotypical in what I pictured as a gang leader. And he definitely had an angry face. Like, he was real scary. Yeah. But he he was a little bit flat for me. Um... So yeah, the acting overall I thought was terrific, though. So I'm gonna... some Mom was so good. Spoilers here. Um... Khalil was so good. He was so cute. That was that was hard to watch. Khalil? Yeah. Yeah. That scene was hard to watch. I knew it would be, and it still kind of took me by surprise, and I flinched, and I heard your mom from, like, three seats down. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, spoilers here for the movie. Was the thing about about um, Sakani yeah. with the gun? That wasn't in the book, was it? I don't think it? so. I would have remembered that. Okay. That's not how it ended. I thought it ended with, like, the um, uh, neighbor... Yeah. The barber snitches on King for uh, burning down the shop because he saw it. I honestly can't remember. That's how pretty. The book I'm pretty ends. sure that's how it ends. Is that is that then the old neighbor, the barbecue guy, or the the barber? Yeah. Um, like snitches on King because he sees King burn down the shop, the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, the grocery store, and that's why he gets King gets picked up. Obviously, that's not very dramatic to watch, but this was very dramatic to watch, and I, I think it really uh, drove home the point of the movie because the full saying is the hate you give little infants fucks everybody thug life yeah so that was kind of the point was like look at the cycle they're creating this little kid who's never been involved in any of that the gangs or drug dealing or anything like that like that's what he sees around him so Mm -hmm. he he does that yeah and it was and and the other cops still train their gun on him so i think that was a really powerful kind of scary scene to seal that message home but i was surprised by it i was like fuck that didn't happen in the book so i don't know how yeah, I feel that about part it. was yeah that part was intense um i really did love when i think it's maverick the dad points out you know like you're saying it is everyone like the hate is flowing from all directions in this yeah like they're their community doesn't have a lot of choices and they kind of get swept up on it but they're also complicit in continuing the yeah. cycle of violence in some way right if you um, separate the argument of of where this is coming from and which race is responsible for you know instigating all of these issues it still has led to this boiling point where there's a lot of infighting and a, and just tension in every direction and i think that was one of the things your dad pointed out that he liked was that it wasn't as simple as white versus black or black versus yeah. black it's it's Everybody has a part to play in, in stopping that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the white people with the police brutality and like the um, closed minded opinions have a lot to do with it. But within the communities, there has to be a change as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what your dad, one of the things he mentioned that he liked about it was that it, they didn't try and make it like a black and white mm-hmm. pun intended. Double entendre there. But the only part that I really didn't like of the movie was the very, very end, after the intense scene we're talking about. Like, they play, like, a happy song, and they're like, we stayed in the neighborhood because the one big drug dealer got I didn't think busted. they did stay in the neighborhood in the book. Spoilers yeah, just again. the I movie... they moved out. The movie, like, tried to wrap it up and be like, you know, everything will be fine now. Well, I like that it ended on a hopeful note, and that's something that I, I learned a lot at that um, community, uh, Rondo community thing that I went to, is that that was a big message or a big um thing in their community um 
was this spirit of hope for the future and that the future will be better and hope. Mm -hmm. Um, So I appreciate that they wanted to end it on a good note and kind of do like a we're moving forward from this. But yeah, it was a bit of a weird redirect from the intensity of that scene to then be like, we stayed in Garden Heights, we got a new store and just like be... Yeah. No, I totally support the idea of ending with a message of hope, but I think it's a little bit foolish to, to try to give it a neat conclusion as if like this whole racism is debacle ended. for this community it's over yeah. yeah um so yeah what would you give it on on a thumbs or digit size or i would say a minus pretty much on par with the book for me yeah i would say a solid a mm-hmm. i think that i think i gave the book an a minus as well that's one of the few books we agreed with um the book i thought the book took me a little bit to get into and the yes it got a little bit convoluted towards the end but the movie i mean it like it got me from moment one mm-hmm. like I, it was it's pretty long it too. was long and it didn't feel long and i was in movies i can tend to drift especially if i already know what's going to happen and this movie had me yeah. like 100 percent fixated on the screen the whole time it was really well done and um it was affecting i definitely cried and got emotional about it but at the same time i kind of walked out still like you said feeling like it was a positive experience uh your mom had a little bit of a different experience she's a bit traumatized yeah Yeah, she was a bit traumatized lots of crying yeah did a lot of yelling your mom did a lot of crying which is pretty on par um but i think they were happy that they went to see and they definitely brought up an interesting discussion in the car on the way home and that's that's they had a lot of comments so baby steps um anything else to say about it who would you recommend it to everyone every kid in america children adults White Elderly. People, black people. Yeah. Purple people. What did your dad keep saying? I mean, it's like an innov- it's somewhat of an innovative story too, because it like it doesn't follow a uh, a real n- normal arc. Yeah, because like the 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 climax of the movie happens in the, the first, first ten minutes, right? Yeah. And then you kind of think this is all leading up to the grand jury is like going to be the next big thing. But that's like really a minor part of the, of the plot as a whole. Yeah, the real plot is is her growth and her finding her yeah. voice, um, and like the most powerful scene was the dad when she was like, "I know, I'm sorry for speaking out. I know you didn't want me to, or whatever." Yeah. And he's like, "Don't ever let anybody silence you and yeah. tell you that you can't speak out if you Woo. want to." And I was like, "Damn, man." Yeah. Okay, let's keep it moving. Okay, what else are we talking about? Um, we are talking about a fantastic book, in my opinion, called Darius the Great is Not Okay. Who's it by? You're going to go grab your advanced reader copy of it, by which you stole from a bookstore. Karam. I did not steal it. I bought another book that I haven't even read yet to get the ARC for this, and it was worth it. And I wish I got that other ARC at my eye it's on. autographed. It is autographed. Sort of autographed. It's just his first name written in capital letters. Maybe that is his autograph. Don't cool. judge. So it's called Darius the Great is Not Okay. Um, you just finished it. So do you want to give this quick synopsis? I will give a quick synopsis. The uh, protagonist's name, the narrator's name, is Darius, as mm-hmm. the title would suggest. Um, Darius is a half-Persian, half-American uh, teenage high schooler living in the Portland, um, Oregon area. Uh, his mother is of Iranian descent. His father is born and bred. Not even Iranian descent. She's like straight up from Iran. Yeah. Um, 
Right. And she traveled to America and ended up marrying the father. Um, and so it's a nuclear family of four with Darius and his sister Lale. Layla? I think it's Lale. Oh, okay. Um, and so we get an introduction to Darius and his high school kind of scenario. He is obsessed with the beverage tea in all of its forms. Mm -hmm. um, he works at a tea shop and he goes to high school and we get a few kind of vignettes of him being bullied um, for not necessarily for his race or anything, just because he's kind of a dweeb and just doesn't really fit in, I guess. Um, I think it's implied that it's uh, his race, but kind of implicitly, not explicitly. Like, like they say that it's just because he doesn't fit in, but I think part of that is because he's from a different culture than they are. Right. Um, but the bulk of the book takes place in Iran because the family decides to make a voyage, their first as a group, um, to Iran to visit the mom's immediate family because the grandfather is ill with a brain tumor and it is a uh, Iranian holiday upcoming is, yes. what, is what the plot revolves around. Um, so the kids take off from school and spend, I guess, a couple weeks in Iran, and that's where most of the plot takes place. Mm -hmm. um, so the family makes it um, to kind of the home city where the mother grew up, and Darius meets all the immediate relatives, some aunts and uncles, um, the grandfather and grandmother. Mm -hmm. You know, language plays a big part in it because he does not speak Farsi, but, but his, his little sister does. Little sister is almost fluent. The mom's fluent, and dad is not fluent. Right. The rest of the the family in Iran seems to speak some English at least, but Darius kind of left on the outside, even of his his family that he's meeting for the first time. So yeah, there's this identity struggle between he doesn't fit in in Portland because he's too. Iranian yeah. and in Iran he doesn't fit in because he's too white or too American right. too American honestly most of it is partly the language but partly a lot of digs about him especially from the grandfather and the aunts sure. and uncles about how, how it is in America yep um and so there is a neighborhood kid he kind of um, gets shoved together a little bit by his grandfather to this neighboring yeah, boy who's his age yeah it's kind of like a forced friendship almost that blossoms from there yes um how do i pronounce his name sorab that's how i thought it was yeah um so this local kid from the neighborhood um knows darius's grandfather and like we're saying uh the grandfather uh pushes them to both ha to hang out together and their relationship starts on the soccer pitch, which Darius is not especially um, adept at. No. But he goes for a quick pickup game of soccer with Sorab. And they seem to have a lot of chemistry right at first. We don't know exactly what kind of chemistry that is, mm -hmm. if it's just platonic or perhaps not. For, There's some hints that Darius might for be... For Darius being... It's a first-person novel, and you, you are in Darius's thoughts constantly... And so I thought it was a bit of a cop-out for it never to be kind of confronted at all. When it comes up and someone says, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, Darius will say, um, because he says, um, as the first word of every sentence he says. And then he'll say, no. And then the author says, and, you know, I can't explain why. Which is a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah. But maybe he just hasn't embraced his sexuality yet. I think that's kind of the approach that's taken. Um... And so 
Darius and Sorab have a little bit of an up-and-down relationship to start with, and that's kind of as a result of some cultural clash. And also just like some other boys in the neighborhood, like seems like Sorab gets bullied quite a bit because he's a different um, religion, religion yeah. than most, than the, the majority in Iran. So that was interesting. I learned a lot about Iran. For sure. Um, so some bullying. Everything from their politics to their food to food their to beverages so to their holidays. Their ruins and their... Yeah, their architecture. architecture. Um... I find it interesting that you left out a very important detail. What? That he has depression. Yeah. And that's a main um, main plot point throughout the book is that he takes medicine for depression, but in Iran, like they don't really believe in it. They keep being like, "Well, what are you depressed about? What do you what do you right. have to be sad about? Why are you sad?" Which is not the point. Um, so it's kind of not um, ex- socially acceptable yeah. in, in that society in that culture. And it's something he should have in common with his dad, but him and his dad actually kind of clash over it because his dad also takes medicine for depression. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the story is about him trying to find his identity and where he fits in, um, trying to find a friend, and mm-hmm. trying to figure out his relationship with his family and with his dad. Yep. Um, because it's kind of like him and his dad, because they don't speak Farsi, and um, they kind of get pushed off or pushed to the outskirts a lot of times, but then even then they don't always get along. And there's some scenes where he's kind of jealous that his dad, he seems like, he feels like his dad fits in even better than he does, even though he's the one who's half Persian or half Iranian. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. So the biggest arc uh, is just them in Iran and how he um, kind of bonds with his family members and his grandfather who's sick and his grandmother and um, his finding his identity um, and figuring out where he fits in between Portland and Iran and somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of his friendship with Sarab is just beautiful. They have a very a very close friendship that springs up quite quickly. Um, but it seemed, it, to me, it seems natural. It seems like that could happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it relies on Sorab being also quite desperate for a friend. Yes, yeah. and that's the point, is it's yeah. two kind of lonely people that find each other and find someone that gets them. Mm-hmm. And um, towards the end, like, some of the long-distance stuff and when he was leaving them really got to me. Sure. Because um, I related of that, of having moved a couple different places and now living far apart from most people that we care about. Sure. So I related to that. Um, so how many times did you cry during this book? What's like the over under? Constantly. Constantly. Just, so I read this on the plane back from Arizona and oh, starting, that's when you were crying, that's yes, right. starting from that soccer scene, which is like page 80 something during the circumcision bullying. Yeah. Um, so page 80 something, basically just for the next 200 pages. You I forgot that Darius is chubby too. He has a lot of... Of issues. Yeah. He's possibly bisexual or gay. Yeah. He's chubby. He's mixed race. Yeah. But doesn't speak no the right friend, language. Doesn't yeah. speak the right language. He has depression. Like, he's got a lot. There's a lot going on. And he's kind of geeky. Yes. As... Say it. As as detailed in the constant Star Trek um, references, but not quite references. It's just like every proper noun is like turned into a Star Trekian sort of phrase. Um, do you know what book it reminded me of? What did it remind you of? Fucking Oscar fucking wow. Because he did that so much worse than that book in mm. such an annoying way. Every single fucking thing was a pop nerdy 
like boy pop culture reference. Yeah. Um, and it was obnoxious in that book. And that's coming from someone who likes that kind of stuff. In yeah. this book, yes, sometimes it stood out or it was a little bit overdone, but like, I don't know. That's just, if it's, if it's a first person book, I expect some, some of that type of pop culture reference because how often do you and I talk in elf quotes and parks and rec quotes, True. And, um, Harry Potter references yeah. and like specific references. I think it doesn't come off as a genuine first person narrative if there isn't some of those references to the pop culture that is important to that person. Well, since you're mentioning it, my biggest takeaway from the book is I think it could have worked even better third person. Okay. I think the author is a very strong writer. I think he was a bit bogged down by the first person, by the first person and trying to make it kind of kind of chatty with the the internal monologue and I yeah. think it almost distracted kind of pulled away from all the important stuff he was trying to cover and just got bogged down in that. Okay. I didn't really find that, but I see I see what you mean. I think one of your other complaints was like the pacing or the time passage of time? Yeah, a little bit. Um I guess I don't know. I think books like that work maybe a little bit better where we get to see the character growth over a longer period of time. Whereas, you know, some of the um, realizations and some of the epiphanies happen just a little too quickly for me. Like, one sentence he'll be saying, I'll never understand my dad, I hate my dad, nothing's ever going to work with my dad, and two paragraphs later he's come to understand his father. And I know part of that is just being an adolescent and your emotions are going all over the place. Um, but he just, yeah, he kind of came to realizations quite quickly, I thought. It didn't really bother me. I think that what, what I was a little bit more confused about, I think that you mentioned before too, was like how long he was in Iran because it was supposed to be just like a short vacation and then it seemed like he was there for months and months. So yeah. I think it was meant to be like three or four weeks, um, but it did seem like the book starts off in America and that's kind of my least favorite part is some of the stuff about his... I didn't love the first person in the first couple chapters. Like, I yeah. almost wish the author had gone back to rewrite those. Because, like, having written a book, I get it that you really click into the writing style a lot later in the book. And the beginning doesn't always necessarily mesh with that very well. But mm -hmm. the first couple chapters, I was kind of like, meh, at least this book was free. And then, I don't know, somewhere around when he started planning to go to Iran and getting more into that, that's when it really it really started to, to work for me. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, it seems like at first it's going to be about like half and half America or there's going to be like a short trip to Iran and then like 80% of the book, 85% of the book is him in Iran. Yeah. I also, I never ask for more flashbacks in books. Like I typically hate flashbacks. Um, but this book I felt like needed a little bit of that, especially when it comes to the depression storyline. Because we meet the depressed version of Darius, but he is on medication. You wanted him to be more depressed. I guess I just don't know. I would have liked to know what his mindset was. They talk a little bit about him being diagnosed and going on the medication, but I didn't really see the before and after, so I struggled to know, was he better on his medication? Was this him at his worst? Was this him at just an okay? You know, given the title of the book, I'm guessing this is not him at his best. Um, yeah, I just I, think... I didn't feel like it was a complete picture, I guess. But I think that's the point is that it's constantly in flux when you have any sort of mental health issue. Like some days are good and some days are bad and you, your best is very different on different days. Like sometimes my best is really, really shitty as you have seen. 
Um, and sometimes my best is great and I'm in a great mood and I think it fluxes and I think, um, I think it's unfair to dictate the narrative of depressed peoples that you need to see them with out being medicated and at their most depressed to understand their journey. Like, I don't think, I don't think that was the point of this book. I don't think the point of this book was his depression journey. I think the point of this book was like his identity journey mm -hmm. and learning to be comfortable with himself and learning to, um, which I guess is part of part of dealing with depression. But I think more of it was his cultural identity and his like personal confidence. And it was less of him coping with um, medication symptoms or something like that. Yeah, no, that's true. And those are the parts of the book that I enjoyed the most. Because um, you mentioned already that he's he's fat and he's geeky and he's depressed and he's mixed race and whatever. Like he is a lot. I think throwing in a storyline of him like adjusting to medication would have also just been like too much. Yeah. Do you think this book is a ringing endorsement for depression medication? Do you think it was working for him, though? I don't think I'm really the person to judge that. Mm. I guess I didn't really get bogged down in, like, the actual medication so much as I did of his, like, journey. I, I guess I just felt bad, and that's where I felt a lot of sympathy, was that, like, he was such a torn-up individual, and this was with the help of trying to chemically balance him. But... You can't always just take a med like a medicine helps balance the chemicals, but it doesn't help give you self confidence or help you find sure. friends or help you feel uh, comfortable in your culture. Yeah, and I think that's the point: is that the medicine doesn't just magically make you better. There's a lot of work you have to do to get there mm -hmm. as well. Okay, I don't know. Anyway, so I loved it. I gave it in what did I give an A, A plus. A plus, because you're an I emotional had a grader. A lot of feelings about it. I'm an emotional grader. I think um had I let it sit for a little longer, I put maybe would have bumped it down to a regular A. Mm -hmm. Um because like I said, the beginning didn't quite work for me and like the timeline was a little bit weird. But I just really loved it. I loved um the development of the main character Darius. I loved the cultural stuff. Like I learned so much about Iran and it was a really I could picture everything like the imagery mm -hmm. was really amazing and like the descriptors were really amazing and i didn't even mind that it wasn't like is he gay is he not gay whatever like he just needed a friend and like maybe later if they're in the same place it could develop into something else because there was definitely a little bit of that chemistry there mm -hmm. but like they were just best friends they were found a lot family of about that and yeah a lot of feelings about you know long distance family and friends as well Okay, so would you recommend it? Yes, to everybody. Okay. And you would recommend it to some people? I'd recommend it for sure. Okay. It's just, yeah, it's not an A+, plus, but that's okay. Okay. Um, anything else? No, we gotta keep this moving. We gotta do our lightning round. Okay, do you want my good things first or my bad things first? I've got a couple thumbs down things. I don't, is that how we separate these things? Um, no, but that's just how we wrote them in my uh we'll flip notes. back and forth because i got a bunch too so you lead off okay pitch perfect four there was a third exactly thumbs down didn't even see the third one christian bale as um dick cheney yikes thumbs down mm. um god friended me a tv show yeah it's gotta already be canceled so many thumbs down um michelle williams is going to play krista mcauliffe in a challenger movie not going to have a happy ending. Meh. Um, Fantastic Beasts. 
The second one, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, that trailer does nothing for me. No, very confusing, very dark. Very Johnny Depp. You know what my what I'm going to say. Uh, you want a Marauder's Prequel. Give me a Marauder's Prequel or give Next. me fucking nothing. Um... Cirque it's my, TV. It's my turn. Oh, you said next. Um, Lilo and Stitch, am I going to beat you to it? <gasps> I had that one. Yeah. So you're going to have an alien be live action? I still don't understand these. Are there going to be real lions or not in Lion King? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm excited because I really love Lilo and Stitch. That's one of those ones that I kind of forget that I like so much. And then when I watch it, I just cry and I love the music and it's a really good story. Mm-hmm. So I'm into it as long as they use the proper ethnicity actors. And don't whitewash it. Right. Now you can go. Cirque, the TV show, the Madeline Miller, um, one that I haven't even read yet. Which we think is Cersei, but sure. you'll keep saying Cirque, sure. Um, is been optioned for a TV show, I guess. Oh, okay. Everything gets optioned, though, so that doesn't mean anything. Whatever. Okay. Um, Margot Robbie is going to play Barbie in a Barbie movie? I did see that. I don't really care about Barbie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Narnia TV show. Do you need that? I don't know. The movies, like, were okay, but, like, not that great. Yeah. But, like, the later ones get real weird. Like, there's a lot of, like, the horse and his boy is literally not about any of the main characters. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the ones get a little strange. The silver chair is a real weird one at the end. Like, the lion becomes Jesus and there's the apocalypse. Like, are they going to do full seven books? I think they should cross over with the magicians. That would really... Kick Are things we up a back notch. To the magicians? I heard it got better. No. All right. Uh, my last one is that there's a Smash more. Mouth musical. Smash Mouth. Yep. I feel like that's right up your alley. Um, is it a new song that they've written, or is it their? I own hope songs? not. Um, the premise of All Star is pretty simple. It's a perfectly normal musical about small town dreams, except every single song is a lyrical and musical pastiche of All Star. All of them. It's a jukebox musical, but the jukebox is broken. That sounds very strange. Wow. Um, The HBO, um, His Dark Dark Materials show Mm -hmm. from BBC is going to be on HBO. Yes, I broke that news a couple weeks ago on this show. Oh, I didn't remember that seeing it was going to be on HBO. Yeah. Sorry. It's been ages, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, Twelfth Night, the musical on Amazon? This isn't going to be the drag queen version that we saw that time, though? I don't think so, Mm. but maybe I should recommend that to Amazon. And the last one is Outlander Season 4 is coming out November 4th somehow, which is in like two weeks. How long did it take you to watch Season 3? Oh my god, like a year. Um, I just literally yesterday um, finished Season 3, which is just ludicrous. Like, the thing that grates on me with these books and TV show is that like it's just thing after thing after thing after thing it's like she jumps off a ship and then she is shipwrecked and swims to, or she swims to shore from the ship constantly jumping and off then, ships from what i've seen constantly <laughs> and then she finds an island and then a goat gets killed and then she has to go find her husband and then the <laughs> uh, the army is chasing after her or the navy is chasing after her husband and then she finds her husband but then Isn't there's enough just to time travel then, like wouldn't that be enough and in then your there's life slaves and then there's this whole thing with slavery that gets brushed over and there's a lot of problematic stuff about the native peoples in jamaica and then they finally escape that and then they get shipwrecked and like half the crew jump dies, off the ship and they end up like jump off the ship and they end up like shipwrecked in america and it, it's like it constantly just doesn't end 
It sounds like a soap opera. It's like a soap opera. Where 10 people have to die every hour. So I already have like a thousand books in my to-read pile, and I'm going to have to bump up uh, Outlander, the, the fourth book, so that I can be sure. ready for the fourth TV show. But they take me so long. They're a so ringing huge. endorsement for that. Um, so I just really have to be in the mood for it. And yesterday I was in a very tired, depressed, didn't want to do anything mood. So it was perfect for the last two episodes of Outlander. Rock on. But now I'm like, fuck, I need to get caught up. Because now the problem is I haven't read the next book and I like to read the book before I see the TV show so it doesn't ruin the book for me. But I have so many other books. We went to the library and you let me get books. And First world problem, babe. We bought books and I still have that beautiful spinning silver edition I haven't read yet. So, And I just have too much schoolwork to do to read. Okay, good stuff. All right, we did pretty good. Not bad. Keeping it just about an hour. We'll be back next week with so, some Halloween-y vibes. We'll be back next week with some like very... Uh, Tangential Halloween Low-level Halloween yeah. vibes. Um, but I'm excited about it because I've been singing the songs all week. Someday. This could be, this could be. Okay. Next uh, week. We'll save it for next week. So okay. have a good week. Go Red Sox. And uh, we'll be back. Catch you guys next week. See ya. Thanks for listening. You gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, get down, get down, get down, maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down.